Hi, this is Chanda Rubin, and you're listening to Brothers on Tennis. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And guess what, folks? We've got a fun one for you today. We decided that we wanted to bring a little bit of a discussion to you as it relates to two of our favorite tennis athletes out on the tour. And, um, you know, we're just going to sit sit back, lay back, and, and have a fun little discussion, and hopefully you guys will enjoy. Bryce, what you think, man? Well, I want to acknowledge that this whole idea came from one of our listeners. Shout out to you, Butter1224. Um, <laughs> and one of her comments to us, she stated that we should do an episode on two of her favorites, which happened to be two of our favorites, Gael Monfils and Joe Wilfred Songa. So we made the decision, what Isaac, about two or three weeks ago that we were going to, maybe even longer than that, maybe it was about a month ago, that we were going <laughs> to do this. Right. And um, and then the Chanda interview ended up coming up, and so we put that on the schedule, and we, you know, we pushed this behind that. But um, we were very excited to talk about these two guys because they have to be still two of the most entertaining players on the tour. Absolutely, man. I mean, these guys, you know, like I said, we followed them. We've rooted for them. I mean, they are definitely um, folks that, that, that we enjoy uh, watching their tennis and watching them compete. And, uh, you know, it's just, and I think that both of them have just really done some great things for not only people of color, but of course they are from France. So they've done some great things since, of course, Yannick Noah. Uh, I think that they've been holding the torch and carrying the torch in a, in a, in a really, really nice manner, bro. I totally agree with that. Um, as you and I were talking earlier, around this time or a little bit, maybe a few years earlier before they hit the scene, you know, as an African-American, I got really excited about Venus and Serena hitting the right. circuit. I mean, you know, we had not had two African-American women at the top of the game. Uh, we won't even talk about the fact that they were sisters. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, we didn't have, I mean, most of the time we had, like, either Zena by herself and maybe Lauren Neal in there as well. Uh, and then you had Chanda in the the next generation, and you a few others. But while Venus and Serena were coming up, we definitely didn't have anybody from an American standpoint or an African American standpoint on the men's side. Right. But you had these two guys of African descent from France, with mm -hmm. Gael and Joe Willie. And so for me, and maybe it was the same for you, Isaac. They became the guys that I had this emotional connection to that I rooted for in very much the same way I did Venus and Serena. Absolutely. And Bryce, I want to make sure I throw something out here because we don't want anybody trolling us or giving us any shade. We are not hating on James Blake. <laughs> we hate <laughs> James Blake. James is a brother. He cool. He, we, he's all good. We follow James as well. But just in the context of Songa and Ga and Gael Monfils, it was just a different vibe 
when they came on the tour. And and like I said, you know, they're great guys, showmen. They're always, you know, big old smiles on their faces and just always trying to do, you know, great things, not only to, to, to win, but also to make the, the crowds enjoy what they're doing. So, you know, want to just make sure we're not throwing any shade out there for those of you who are James Blake fans, because we are as well. <laughs> and we are James Blake fans. And, and you know, and I'm going to go ahead and put it out there, though, because we're brothers on tennis. Oh, yeah. If, if I'm being completely honest, though, when James first kind of hit the circuit, although James is African-American, yes. I kind of had a little bit of a feel with James like I have with Madison Keys right now. Hmm. African-American, okay. yes, didn't really feel as strong of a connection there, if mm. you know what I mean. Now, mm. James, I think he kind of, that kind of connection with him grew over time. Okay. And I even think there was uh, an awakening for James when those cops put him face down on that cement. Well, yeah, well, that, that'll do it. You know, that, you know what I'm saying? It. Yeah, that'll um, do it. But, uh, but yes, uh, definitely we supported James as well. Good, good point, Isaac. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, with this episode is specific to Gael and to Joe Wilfried, so we will stay focused on them. And like I said, just uh, they both have had some incredible, just incredible careers, and I still feel like they've got a, a good bit uh, left to do out there. Hopefully, so. I mean, I know Joe Wilfried has been dealing with some injuries, and we know we know Mofi's always got some type of an injury that's <laughs> setting his head, setting right. him down. <laughs> exactly. See that what that's what happens when you're too athletic. You know, exactly. Uh, or at least your mind, you can imagine things that you're going to go for that you probably shouldn't. <laughs> right. Exactly. But what's interesting, uh, Bryce, just in, in comparing the two of them, what I will say is I think Songa's injuries, I think, have been more is, you know, just. I don't know how you even want to put this. I feel like Gael could have possibly avoided some of his injuries mm -hmm. if he had a different playing style. Mm -hmm. I think Songa's playing the way that he should play and the way it was designed. I think with Monfils, he's got so many damn options. You know, defense, offense, power, running, you know, overheads and doing all the, all the, all the fun, crazy stuff that I think he has injured himself by doing a lot of that instead of really sticking to a this is my this is my a game and you know what i mean it's just yeah i feel like some of it is a little bit on him i don't how do you feel about that bro? well and, and you know and i don't have any statistics in front of me to kind of support what i'm getting ready to say but mm -hmm. when i look back on their playing days thus far it feels like to me that Monfils has had the smaller injuries that's had him out, you know, a couple of weeks here, a couple of weeks there, and then he comes back yeah. really quickly and whatever. Yeah. And I feel like Songa has had these longer-term injuries where he's been out for like six months and right. seven months. And I just have always felt that Songa's time away from the game due to injuries has always been a little more impactful to his career than... Monfils has had. And maybe sometimes even with Monfils, maybe he didn't even take enough time off to fully recuperate. Yeah, yeah. And and, and also I would probably kind of say something as, as it relates to kind of their body type. I think that Gael is sort of that long, lanky Djokovic type of a, you know, build, if you mm -hmm. will, that I think plays a bit better with tennis. 
Whereas, you know, Mofis is, not Mofis, uh, Songa is more kind of the barrel chest, kind of your Stan Wawrinka, really strong, you know, and, and I, I just always wonder about those types of guys in tennis, because to me, that's not right. necessarily the ideal, quote unquote, body type. So when you look back in history and you're looking at all of the champions, like your Lindells and, you know, your your Johnny Max, and uh, they they typically have a very slight build. You rarely see someone of Sangha's kind of build that is considered one of the greats. And, and I know you've got a longer history than I do in the sport. Do you know of anybody else that's kind of of his build that we consider to be one of the greats? Well, the person that comes to mind for me is Becker. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. look at what happened to Becker. I mean, he did end up, um, ended, ended up suffering from some pretty major injuries. And I, I think he... Um, Although he had a long career, I do think it was a little bit cut short. And he was also doing the Monfils type thing. He was diving on the ground and rolling around <laughs> and stuff. So right, right. people don't, I mean, they've got to understand when they make these decisions to do that. And I understand when you're in the heat of the moment and, and, and you know, in the middle of the battle. Oh, yeah. There are consequences. <laughs> you know, exactly. you, you feel some of that stuff the next day. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll associate it to music and Mariah Carey doing all the, doing all that singing. There you now go. That, that voice ain't as tight as it used to be. So well, now she now she putting her finger in her ear even when she looks like it. All right. So uh, oh, I'm gonna leave that alone. We love you, Mariah. But yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm, exactly, man. Okay, let's get back to the subject. I know, right? We this, have gone all over the place. Wait a minute. That's why we can't keep an episode to thirty minutes. <laughs> exactly. Like we, Folks, were, we are trying. We are trying. We, this we is what are. we were telling CJ, our producer, about those tangents. <laughs> CJ, if you're listening, this is what we're talking about. This those is what tangents. We're talking about. All right, so let's jump back in. We'll spend the next 20 minutes talking specifically <laughs> about Gael Monfils and Joe Wilfred Saga. So, How about those juniors, man? How about their junior career? Well, I tell you what, it's very interesting because they both joined the professional tour the same year in 2004, although mm-hmm. Saga is two years older than Monfils. Right, right. And, and when we look at their junior history... Monfils definitely had the more stellar junior career. And I remember, I don't even really remember hearing about Songa as a junior, mm-hmm. uh, right. although he did win the 2003 U.S. Open in the juniors, and he was ranked number two that year. But to be very honest with you, I rarely pay attention to the juniors anyway. There's normally enough stuff popping off in the professional <laughs> tour that I don't need to go digging and seeing what the juniors are doing. Exactly. But, but <laughs> But Monfils had made so much noise because in 2004, when he was the number one ranked junior, he was on his way to winning the Grand Slam. He had won the Australian Open, the French Open, and Wimbledon uh, in 2004. And it wasn't until Victor Trotsky got up mm -hmm. on him in the third round in the U.S. Open uh, that he didn't pull that off, but there was a lot of talk about, there was this this very athletic French guy who happened to be black, um, Mm -hmm. that was on the verge of pulling off this feet. Right. 
Right. Yep. And the same thing. That's kind of what I heard those rumblings around. I'm like, who are they talking about? That's a brother in the juniors doing some things. Right. Right. <laughs> but you're right. I don't feel like Sangha got the shine on the junior circuit because of that. Because I think that so much exposure and or focus was on Gael because of, you know, uh, the results he was pulling in. But and, yeah, and, and they, well, they sleep on Sangha, though. Right. And well-deserved, though, Monfils, too. I mean, that mm-hmm. he, he was really doing it there. But see, I think this is where they talk a lot of the times about there is a difference <laughs> between <laughs> yes. the junior tour and the professional tour. And exactly. whereas Sangha, Sangha probably had a more workman type of mentality uh, mm-hmm. to his tennis playing, I think, and I think Monfils was at a level above the other juniors, he was able to play that very entertaining counterpuncher style against right. his competition there and still win. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that played as well once he got to the professional. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Level. I mean, it was the same thing that with, and not to go off on another tangent, but Andy Murray, we were saying kind of that same thing about him earlier in his career. Is, there, is he playing too much defense? Be more offensive. And I think Monfils is trying to do a little bit of that now. Unfortunately, it's much later in his career. But Song, on the other hand, Song will be putting the ball on blast. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? And, and just to put it back out there again, our listeners are, are well aware of my love for Sangha. Um, oh, yeah. The only person I vote against Sangha on is Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. But although I love both Monfils and Sangha, that was the difference for me. I had a greater appreciation for Sangha really going out there with the big serve, the big ground strokes, had the touch at the net, was athletic. Monfils was equally as athletic, if not maybe even a little more athletic than Sangha. But I just, I've never been a huge fan of that counterpuncher style. And I always felt like he couldn't give 100% playing that style of tennis. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep. Yeah, no, I agree with you, bro. I completely agree with you. And like I said, I think we would be sitting here saying a lot uh, many a lot of different things about his career if he had adapted to more of an aggressive style uh, coming out of the juniors getting into the pro tour. But again, he's fast. I think his coach even went on record as saying, you know, if he weren't playing tennis, he'd probably end up, you know, winning the hundred yard dash. He could be another <laughs> Usain Bolt or something like that. And right. honestly, I believe that that could definitely be the case. He is literally that fast. Yes. But um, but you know, yeah, it's just you know, with 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 tennis you've got to you've got to play certain ways in order to beat certain people and i just don't think he was able to adapt especially against the the big 4 who no no <laughs> rough times rough, rough times so let, let's talk about how their career has been so far so yeah it's it's very difficult for players right now or on the men's circuit um because anybody that's playing in this and I'm going to just call it right now, this big three era. Mm-hmm. It has been extremely tough to get a Grand Slam title when you've got Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer there. I think the only people, like basically during their reign, who has, who has won a Grand Slam title is, I know Varvinka's won three. I think yep. Andy Murray has won three. I think Chilich has won 
I think Del mm-hmm. Potro has one. Is there anybody else? Not that I can think of offhand. And and so this is probably over the last what, fifteen years? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so all, yeah, because Federer started getting live about two thousand four time frame. Yeah, so yeah, that's about right. Right. So you know, and so my thing is, you know, where I initially want to say, well, you know, Monfils and Songa, neither one of them have won a Grand Slam title. I have to kind of keep that, you know, you know, I got to keep my mind focused on, you know, remember the time they're in, you know, there's a lot of really, really, we always talk about David Ferrer and, right, yep. you know, how many would he have won, especially maybe even at the French. But all that being said, they have had good careers in terms of career prize money. You know, Monfils so far has won about $19 million, and Sanga has won about $22 million. Uh, Monfils is currently, I mean, his highest ranking has been as high as number six. Sanga has been as high as number five. Um, Monfils is currently ranked number nine, so he is in the top ten. Which is right. which is great, and and we'll talk about why that is in a minute. And Songa is currently forty nine. Now we we have to explain. Songa has recently come back, you know, from a major injury, so his ranking had dropped, and so but he's been playing some good tennis as of late before the tours were halted due to the coronavirus. So that forty nine is a little misleading um, mm-hmm. right now, but you know. Isaac, talk to us about how Monfils has started off 2020, though. Man, that food done started out on fire. <laughs> I mean, seriously, bro. I, I've been extremely impressed with, with his 2020. And, and it's really unfortunate that this, this pandemic uh, has come up for him specifically. Because, again, when you're on a roll like he was on, you want, it, you want that to keep going. I mean, mm-hmm. he won two titles pretty much back-to-back and made it to the semifinals of Dubai where, you know, he was a set and, you know, a tiebreaker away from from getting his first victory on Novak Djokovic and Mm -hmm. just, I mean, playing what I consider to be some of the best ball I've seen him play, Grand Slam level tennis, and unfortunately just couldn't close the door. And you know, you know Djokovic, Djokovic equals clutch. And uh, he was like, yep, I'm going to get number 17 on you, and that's what he did. And so... But 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 still, I think that he he is playing a, kind of what we're talking about. He's playing a style that is a bit more aggressive. He knows kind of when to apply his defensive skills. But I feel like he's really kind of showing a lot of the variety in his game, and it's it's been pretty pretty pleasing to see, bro. It's 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 been nice. But we'll see how he is once we you know once we finally get back out there and and and, and folks are able to compete. Uh, hopefully he will not have lost uh, the edge that I feel like he gained, um, um, you know, by by getting all these wins earlier this year. Yeah, that's what I'm a little nervous of is that he's going to lose some of that momentum that he had yeah. going. This was this was starting off to maybe be the best season of his career, yeah. uh, but you know it's the same for everybody. So it's not just Monfils is off. You right, know, right. everybody, <laughs> everybody is off right now. So, you know, right. hopefully he can he can bring that back. 
Um, And hopefully this will aid in for Songa. I think it's a really good thing because with him kind of coming back from injury, it gives him more time to fully heal up. And hopefully he can come back and really be close to 100%, if not 100%, so he can effectively play his game. Because Songa is always dangerous. I mean, that brother is... My goodness. Yes. Yes. And and, and that's what I love about him because he, nobody wants to play him. He is a Mm -mm. threat to win every single match. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I like about us talking about Monfils and Sanka is that, you know, it's, it's widely known that they are very good friends. I mean, they have been playing together since they were young kids and they know each other very well and they call each other brothers for life and and although they're not you know blood siblings like venus and serena you love to see that kind of connection uh between um well for me especially someone of african descent but anytime you see any of the two players i even love seeing rafa and roger you know the relationship that they have um so i i guess one of the things that i've always wanted for whatever reason, I guess doubles has never really been Monfisa's thing. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted, you know, Monfisa and Sanga to play doubles. Could you imagine them <laughs> as a doubles team? Yeah, but did they not play doubles in one of the Olympics, though? I thought maybe they mm-hmm. had, but maybe not. No, he, I think he played with, uh, I think Sanga played with Neutra. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Because and and Sangha actually has four doubles titles and right. Monfils doesn't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, I had hoped that they would have even played doubles in Davis Cup, but you know the French guys have always had some really good doubles specialists. Oh, whew, boy, have they! Yeah. So that you know, as a matter of fact, that 2017 Davis Cup uh, that they won, Monfils was not on that team. Uh, Sanka was, but Monfils wasn't. So I, I, I don't know if it's just situ- well, it can't be situational because he would have some data uh, if he if he wanted to play double. So I think Monfils sees himself strictly as kind of a singles player. Yeah, and I wonder if it says something as well, Bryce. And this is just a off the wall comment, but because they're French. Maybe it's because, you know, we pay so much attention to to race and color in the United States. Maybe it's it's basically because they're French. That's not something that they consider to be as as important. You know what I mean? Because you would think that even like you, you think about an Olympic coach or, or, or a Davis Cup coach, you know, they probably want to put, you know, two brothers together. We had two brothers of Sangha and, and Monfisa's quality in the state. You know, you'd want to put them together just to show it similar to how we wanted. We love seeing Venus and Serena right. together playing doubles. And I wonder if it speaks to the fact that for the French race really isn't that much of an issue over there as it is in the States. Well, I think you're a hundred percent right. I mean, race is, is probably the biggest differentiator here in the United States of any place. Yeah. Um, yep. So, and unfortunately that's, those are the lenses that we're looking through. Um, but I also look at it from the standpoint of just the level of athleticism from both oh, yeah. of them. I, I, it, it, I just think there would it would be tough to get a ball by, above, around <laughs> uh, them. You know, they would run 
everything down. Um, yeah, I just would have oh. loved to have seen that. Oh, it would have been awesome. It would have been it definitely a spectacle because you know they would have showed out. You know they would have showed out. Right. <laughs> it, it, it would have been a whole lot of living color on that uh, on that court. Right. Believe that. So, oh, man. so let's talk about you know how they have done in the majors. So yeah. Um, yeah. From okay, so from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. How would you? Let's go major by major. So, uh, for for the Australian Open, Monfils has made it as far as the quarterfinals. Yep. But Sanga made it to the finals in 2008. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why I want to highlight that one is because it was in that final, even though he lost to Djokovic, and there's no shame in losing to Djokovic. Djokovic, and uh, and let's not forget he gave Nadal two whole biscuits in that semifinal. That's right. Uh, but <laughs> that was really what I thought was going to be Songa's coming out party. I thought yeah. after that final at the Australian Open, then we were just going to see Songa be a beast, uh, a perennial mm-hmm. top five. And honestly, I think he had a major, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think he had a fairly major injury not too long after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I remember that as well, Bryce. I can't. I can't put my finger on what it was, but yeah, I think there was some type of an injury that that kind of crept in there. Right. Kind of derailed him. Derailed him for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you have their home slam, the French Open, and we know there's always that pressure of playing in front of the home crowd. Uh, you know, Monfils made it to the semifinals in 2008 where he lost in four sets to Federer. No no right. shame in that. And Sanka has made it twice to the semis in 2013 and 2015. Yep, yep. And and see, that's where I say the brothers, they don't crack under home pressure. They do their thing. Right. I mean, when, when you've got someone, though, like Roger and, uh, excuse me, I should say Rafa first because it's Clay. Right. Um, and Roger, it's going to be tough. It, like you said earlier, it's, you know, with, with this generation that they came up in, it's always going to be tough to scratch out, you know, a grand slam. But, hey, for them to, you know, both reach the semifinals and for Songa to get there twice, that goes, that speaks volumes to the fact that they can play with pressure and still do well. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Wimbledon, where Sanka has made the semifinals twice in 2011 and 2012. And, and like I said, it, as much as I love Sanka, <laughs> <laughs> right. it absolutely killed me when he beat Federer that year. You know, you, you're right. It stung initially, but when I look back on it, I'm so proud of him for that because honestly, that to me was, and not to drive this or take this over to, to the Federer zone, but to me, Federer was being stubborn in that match. Mm. And he basically was like, I'm not going to change my tactic. And Joe Fouffe was like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and, beat, and beating, that, beating you down. And right. that's exactly what he did from two sets to love down. Came back and was like, hmm, walk off, son. Walk off. It's my victory. <laughs> right. It's mine today. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> he did. So, yeah. Yeah, that. No, go ahead. I was. Yeah, I, that. I, I, not, I understand. Yeah, because it's, I guess it's kind of the way I feel with Venus Serena, right? If if Serena wins, I feel bad for Venus, but you know, right? You know, it's still yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. So, 
Um, now, I am a little surprised. Well, no, I'm, I'm gonna take that back. I was getting ready to say I am a, I'm a little surprised that Monfils has not done better than the fourth round at Wimbledon, and, and, and the reason why I said that initially, or, or I was thinking I was gonna feel that way, was because I keep thinking about the level of athleticism, and I know that that is rewarded on a grass court, but if you are playing a counter punching style, you, you're really kind of defeating you're contradicting or conflicting having all this this physical ability exactly and the one thing bryce is gael skipped wimbledon a lot and i think it was because of that with what, what you just said and the fact that his mind wasn't right he didn't he didn't embrace the fact that you needed to be aggressive you know to highlight that athleticism that he has he didn't embrace it and so therefore he just didn't want to play it so it you know just yeah I, there were a lot of times where yeah he just skipped Wimbledon I was like okay it's yeah because he to me he could have really showed out at Wimbledon if he had embraced that aggressive style and see and that's where sometimes in my mind I equate Monfils to Kyrgios mm-hmm. oh yeah you know Kyrgios although to me Kyrgios sometimes has a little more of a negative uh taint on it um, yeah. you know, it's this whole, like, I want to win or I want to play like how I enjoy playing. It's not necessarily, I need to play how I need to play to win. Right. And, uh, being very stubborn on, mm-hmm. on, on the court. And, um, and I, th- and, and honestly, just like I've said before on some of our podcasts, I don't think Nick Nick Kyrgios cares one bit about being number one in the world or being no. in record books or whatever. If he nope. can make enough coins so that he can floss at the club on Friday night, See, and, and you know, and, and, you know, he he is good. Exactly, he is good. Monfils, yeah. I think, is similar to that. Maybe not so much about the club piece, but I don't know that I have seen from Monfils the whole like. You know, I want to be number one in the world. I want to be this or that. Now, honestly, and I think most people know he's in this relationship with Svitolina, and there's been a mm-hmm. lot of comments that they have both kind of helped each other's game. Right. But I'm thinking that maybe she could be really showing him that, you know what, babe, you you could have done a lot more if you mm-hmm. had taken this a lot more seriously. And I think you're starting to see that a little bit with him yep. now. Agree. Completely agree. Yeah. I think his focus has definitely changed. And uh, again, he's he's embracing. I, I think he also is kind of seeing that, you know, he's on that back end of his career. So yep. it's like, you know, I better, I better do a little surge right now because, you know, before I know it, I'm going to be waving goodbye. Well, and, you know, my mom has always said that she feels that Monfils one day is going to look back at his career and have some regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't, I don't doubt that. I agree with, I agree with Mama Nancy. Yeah, and, and I don't, <laughs> I don't think Songa is going to have that same type of regret. I think Songa right. may be disappointed that he got injured as much as he did, but. Right. You always pretty well. I often say you always get hundred percent from Songa. That ain't true because I haven't seen him tank. So I'm saying, but he initially comes out and gives you right hundred percent. I have seen some matches where Songa be like, "Oh shit, 
it ain't my day to day. Right. He's like, mm, <laughs> can we okay. go ahead and get this done? But <laughs> exactly. But you don't see that a lot, though. No, no, you don't yeah, see that, you don't a, lot see that a lot. Nope, nope. <laughs> and then to round this out with the U.S. Open, uh, yeah. Monfils has made it to the semifinals, where in 2016 he lost in four sets to Novak. Right. And then Songa has made it to the quarterfinals in the mm-hmm. the U.S. Open. So they have gone very deep oh, in, yeah. in all of the majors. And I just wonder, because once again, I don't have these stats in front of me. I know there's a couple of listeners out there saying, well, dude, why didn't you get prepared? Um, <laughs> but I wonder how many times in these Grand Slams when they lost, did that loss come? from Nadal, Djokovic, Murray, or Federer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the a good majority of those instances that was the case. Yeah. And and like I said, and it goes to again the big four's dominance. Um, I mean they broke a lot of folk down. I mean they caused Andy Roddick to leave the game. He was just like, <laughs> I, you know, I can't beat these hoes. They make me sick. I hate them. And you know, I mean you got folk like Milos and Yushikori. They they just beat them down. They came at the wrong time. I feel like this new crop is coming at the right time. But yeah, they the, right. the other ones is tight on them. And like I said, that's where Gael and and Songa sit. They just came at the wrong time. When you've got no you know Novak, Federer, Nadal, and like I said, you got to throw uh, Stan and Andy in there. Them five, whew, that's a rough pack to get through. It is, and actually, you know, combined against the big four, Roger, Nadal, Novak, and Murray, mm-hmm. Monfils is eight and forty-five mm, okay. for a winning percentage of fifteen percent. Now, Songa fared a little bit better. He is against those same four. He's 18 and 52 for a 25% winning uh, percentage. But either one of those would be considered low. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And Monfils Monfils got, and and, and the big eyesore there is Monfils has that goose egg of 0 and 17 against uh, Novak. Novak, yeah. Novak is like, mm hmm. No, son. <laughs> you know, I, he almost did it though. He Bryce, he almost did it this year. I was, I was so into that match, and uh, yeah, just he just couldn't pull it off. And then unfortunately, he got get a little bit injured in that third set, and then that was that was that. At least Songa has beaten Roger and Novak six times each. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's yeah exactly. So and, and and once again, because I think a difference in Songa's game versus. Monfisa's game is Sanga can we hear people say take the racket out your head he, right. he can hit you off the court it can be like it doesn't matter what you're doing I can hit mm-hmm. you off the court we've never really seen Monfis that often it's rare that right. you see him hit somebody off the court to me Monfis typically outlasts somebody right. than hits them off the court right and that's the thing though Bryce he has the capability Monfils can hit some big shots. I have seen some shots that, like Del Potro, where it just, it's like the wind throws your hair back. It's like, good God. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he has hit some shots, you know, because he's a showman anyway. So he'll smack a ball, and it's just like, dude, you've got so much power right there. Why are you not being more aggressive? 
And again, I think it's just the mindset and it's how he enjoys playing. So it goes back to kind of what we were talking about. He enjoys that counter punching, punching style, but unfortunately that's not winning tennis when you get against the big five. Right. Right. And, and as we wrap this up, cause I'm noticing we're like at 35 minute mark. Yeah, <laughs> already. Right. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> we, we're just too long winded. We just way too long winded. <laughs> Sorry we, folks. <laughs> We've said a lot. We of, are going to do this. We're going to do it, Bryce. Right, we're right. Gonna do it. <laughs> but we've said that there are a lot of similarities in the results that they've had. I just wanted to highlight a few things, though, that Sangha has been able to do in his professional career that Monfils has yet to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Sangha in 2011 was actually made to the finals of the year-ending championships. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, Monfils has never made it out of the round robin uh, right, phase. Right. In 2014, Sangha with Cornet won the Hotman Cup. Mm-hmm. But we knew Monfils wasn't going to play that because he knew he'd have to play doubles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In 2017, when France won the Davis Cup, Sangha was on that team, but Monfils was not. Right. I do remember that, too. That was kind of weird. Right. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up was um, that Sangha does have an Olympic medal. In 2012, uh, he got he got the silver silver medal, uh, losing to the Bryan brothers in the finals. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Monfils does not have a medal. So, you know, Sangha has a few more accomplishments, but overall their professional careers have been, you know, pretty similar. Right, right. Yeah, no, the brothers have done their thing. I mean, that's and that's that's just great to see the fact that, again, even in the, in the day and age of Federer, Novak and, and Nadal, that they, the brothers still were able to get, you know, some titles, get their coins, you know, and really have some really nice accomplishments. Right. And you know what? And as we hopefully get tennis back sometime in the next year, <laughs> um, right. you know, they're, they're currently right now, what, 33 and 35? So they're kind of at that age where, you know, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I'm not really sure that they are realistic um, contenders for a Grand Slam title. Uh, but, you know, if, if Monfils can come back and pick up the way he started in the beginning of 2020, he gets a good draw and maybe there's some upsets. You know, you have that. If Sangha can get on fire and, you know, kind of tear through a draw, it's possible. But um, even without either one of them winning a Grand Slam title, I, I think they'll have to – you'll have to look at both of their careers as having been very successful. Absolutely. Completely agree, bro. Yeah, like I said, they've, they've, they've done some great things, and I think France is proud of them. I know that people of color, we are proud of them. So, hey, keep doing their thing. Keep doing it. <laughs> and, you know, once again, we want to thank Butter1224 for giving us this recommendation of doing this episode. I know Isaac and I have enjoyed it. These are two yes. of our favorites. Uh, and we invite other listeners, if there is a particular topic or players or a certain event that you'd like Isaac and myself to discuss and debate or talk about on an episode, shoot us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms. Isaac, any final words from you today? 
Ah, nah, man, just really happy that we talked about this. And Butter, thank you so much for bringing this up. And uh, go Gael, go Songa. We love you both. There you go. So from Brothers on Tennis, we're signing off. This is your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And you guys stay very safe out there. Good night.